0: Please don't stroke my microphone (laughs) stand.
1: How to make a audio medium explicit?
0: (laughs) Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that is here for Twilight's villain era. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, is it your villain era? Yes. (laughs)
1: Unironically,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) What a Disney villain. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. I love her. An icon. She's awful. She's the nega,
0: Kathy. Mm.
1: She came out of her shell and just decided to
0: scorch the earth coming out of my cage and i'm throwing everybody under the bus and be throwing hands (laughs) nega kathy is is a funny way to put it because as we grew to know kathy we're like oh kathy's very endearing like i i want to get to know kathy more i want to hang out with kathy yeah yeah as we get to know twyla you're like oh (laughs) twyla doesn't take two shits no absolutely not oh man yeah it's it's been a, a wild ride for twyla and it's still going on, so we'll see where that ends up. Probably in th- third place. Ooh, okay. I want to break that down more later. Yeah. But how are you doing? How was your week? We got a we got a snowstorm here in Chicago. Ah, did we really? Well, kinda. It was bad in the morning. That's
1: true. It's fine. um no, the week <laughs> my week's been good. work has been miserable. It's fine. Um I had to talk to my boss of like, how do I do this without getting burnt out? And he was like, I don't know, like I drink <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not what he said. He, he gave me a lot of really nice advice, but it was like, you know, there's also like have a drink with your friends and like chill out. And I think the end result was don't take things that are out of your control so personally. Oh, okay, <laughs> which is just good life advice, so I did want to pass it along here like, just because you might be getting screwed on something doesn't mean it's your fault or anything you could have done about it. Context, like, depending. Like, sometimes <laughs> you can do every. It's, it's the old spot quote. Like, sometimes you can do everything right and still fail. Yes. Maybe that's Captain Picard. I'm
0: not a Trekkie. I'm, I'm not either. Yeah. I've, I've tried a couple times to, like, watch it because I'm like, this is surely something that I would enjoy. I respect it for what it did, but it is just kind of boring to me. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed the, the new series and everyone who is like a big Star Trek fan was like, that's not Star Trek. It was too war centered. And I'm like, okay, well.
1: Yeah. They made an action movie. Imagine that. J.J. J. Abrams took source material and made it bad. Yeah. Who would have thought?
0: Or even the new, the, yes, the movies, but also the, the Paramount series that they keep oh shucking out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that good. Oh. How was your week, Steven? That's not bad it was also busy on my end so it was just like get through the week get through the week get through the week and then yesterday i was one of three people that showed up for work that's nice feeling to be fair a fourth was on her way and i'm like turn around every now and then you get a little bit lonely (laughs) no (laughs) she was stuck on a train and the train was not moving and i'm like okay when you get to the next station just get off Go back around.
1: Damn it, you you worded it too well. I was waiting for you to say she was stuck on a train, and I told her turn around <laughs> and you go home. Keep... Like how? How did? I was she supposed to do that, Stephen? How was she supposed to do it on the train? But no, you said she waited till the next stop. Yeah, I was gonna be pedantic and fuck with you.
0: I'm aware. <laughs> God damn it, you know me to too choose, well. I have to choose my words so carefully around you. <laughs> Only on mic, <Mike>, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Speaking of choosing my words well, emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivortBT at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Reddit, you slash SurvivortBT. I figured out maybe I should make like an actual subreddit for us. I've said that before. I'm sure you have. But like that way people don't have to message us directly. They can just post on the subreddit.
1: Yeah, and then comment on like we can make a post for each episode and then comment on it.
0: All right, well, <laughs> Steven's project later. <laughs> there, There's our season 10 project. The epiphany, yes. Emails, like I said, email us. We have tons. We may not get to them all, but I want to get to as many as I can. First one from Carl. Carl, episode 11 email. This is my favorite episode. <laughs> one of my favorite episodes of all time, so I have a lot of notes for it. Picture the episode. <laughs> it's a lot of pictures of the episode, but it's, it's Amy and... Just the progression of Amy at Tribal Council. We have <laughs> Amy, smug. Amy, not so smug. Amy, pissed off. Yeah. And yeah. Eliza, like, what can you do? Oopsie doodles. <laughs> Leanne had a Survivor Oz interview where she said her original strategy was actually to hook up with some guy and to be the Amber to someone's boss and Rob. So she really had to shift gears when it was an all women tribe hilarious something that scared her because women are petty and they fight all the time and then she became the leader of them one of the leaders yeah yeah huh yeah this this plays into why i think she was under edited she kind of has the same story arc as amy but whereas amy is very into the girl power thing and gives great rah-rah women confessionals leanne was probably more ho-hum and less passionate about it She still was probably very close to winning if this vote didn't happen, and I still agree that I would have liked to see more of her in any case. Uh, To clarify from before, I think it was more like Amy and Leanne were joint leaders, not just Leanne. Yeah, that
1: makes sense to me. And one of them is a more dynamic, personal face of it in Amy, so you get more of her.
0: I don't know for sure what the dynamic was, but I've heard that both of them were the – head, so to speak. So I always just imagine they were both at the top together. Maybe they were like a final two and trying very poorly to hide that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. This is juicy. The reason the women shifted from Chris to Eliza was because they felt bad for Lori, Chris's fiance. (gasps) Chris, in the episode, makes a big show of saying he's going home when he loses immunity and the women didn't want Lori to feel responsible for it. Oh. Chris for his part has said he played up the emotional terrorism on purpose to gain sympathy. Holy shit, that's so smart. And I love the idea that he used his fiance as a weapon. Dude, that's so smart. I mean, it's a good strategy. Listen,
1: to my if I if I ever get married or engaged to that future person out there, y- use me <laughs> in that way. You use have me? my full permission live on mic if if you need Listen, you can exploit my diabetes. <laughs> You can you can say my grandma's dead. You can pull the fair play. I don't care. If it keeps you on a show where the end prize is a million dollars, that is fine.
0: My fiance is dying of diabetes that is being preventively treated.
1: <laughs> the Joe Jonas 2000 uh, commercial all over again.
0: <laughs> it obviously isn't a smart move for Leanne to tell Scout she's out of Final Four, but I also understand it from two angles. A- Honesty is still a valued part of Survivor at this time. yeah. And she may be trying to preserve Scout's jury vote. And B, Scout and Twila apparently hated Eliza even more than what we see. Chris, for example, said that they were very nasty to her, especially when the cameras weren't around. So I can see why Leanne mm. would assume they weren't going to team up. Yeah. No, that's fair. And without Chris, they don't. Yeah. Also, I believe Twyla was in their final four at this time, just not Scout. Couldn't tell you why. Mm. I mean... Because you can only have four. Yeah, that makes sense. In the same vein, I would imagine Chris had instead thought of the possibility of joining with Eliza, but had dismissed the possibility of her working with Scout and Twyla a long time ago. I, too, thought it was very interesting that Twyla and Scout know they can't go with Eliza and say, hey, little one, vote with us. So Chris has to do the dirty work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow, that makes that scene, it was already a really cool scene, and it was hilarious that Chris couldn't get the point. With that additional context, I can see why it would take Chris so long to get there, because it's like, no, you, Twyla, aren't suggesting that I get the two of you to work together, (laughs) because you fucking hate each other. So like, you must be thinking of something
0: else, because you can't be thinking of the same thing I'm thinking of mild controversy caused by this episode that we didn't seem to catch when the loved ones came out to greet the survivors the camera very conspicuously cut away from both amy and scout before they kissed their partner i
1: actually did notice that we were running long i didn't notice the camera cut away i was going to bring up that it seemed like they wanted to kiss their partner so bad but it seemed like they were like maybe told not to or felt pressure not to like and that could be, I was like, that pressure could be from production. It could be from society in 2004. Sure. But I I definitely did notice that, that, like, all the other partners, like, romantic partners in, in all the seasons up to this point are, like, I mean, think about, like, Rupert and his fiance. <laughs> Rupert
0: like, just straight up making out with.
1: Oh, he had his tongue, like, half a foot down his wife's throat. <laughs> and these two people have to, like, hold hands and, like, and hope that historians call them roommates. Like, yeah, I, yeah,
0: it's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's that's all chris said the conversation between him and eliza lasted around half a day like hours and hours and hours she only ended up doing it because the alternative was her going home which should make the decision quite obvious but i get it exhausting that it takes
1: hours to get to that point when your other option is go home
0: yeah point to the editors i like that leanne's name is never brought up until the vote if you're paying attention it's pretty obvious who twyla and company are going to vote for since amy has immunity and julie is chris's informant but i appreciate that the editors didn't feel the need to force feed us that info yeah agreed yeah the vote absolutely floored the audience at the time everyone thought it was just a classic survivor misdirection since they'd been conditioned at this point to think editors just played up the power flip slash blind side to build suspense
1: that's fair and i also do fall for it more often than I should because I want people to flip the table. <laughs> but yeah, I can see how why that would be a surprise
0: to everyone. Yeah. And then a couple notes for Steven, but we'll talk about that in the finale. Another one from Josh. Josh, number one, I don't really think there's a clear idea who was in charge of the Women's Alliance, which we talked about. Julie and Amy insist it was a group effort. Amy in particular called Leanne and Eliza the brains as they were the super fans and herself the enforcer who kept the Alliance in line. I think that's probably the closest to the truth. That's pretty cool. I, part of me just wants to imagine Amy like walking around camp, just like putting her hand in her fist, like, you're voting with us, right?
1: You, you know who I would trust with my life to be an enforcer? A very strong, out lesbian woman in the year 2004.
0: Cause you know what? They've gone through some shit. She's a badass. Two, Leanne gets stuck with what I call the duo edit. Starting with Mm, mm -hmm. this season and moving forward, the player count increases by two, while the episode count increases by one. So the editors have less time per contestant. One trick they use to accomplish this is treating two closely aligned players who are always on the same team and vote together as one player. One of those players will get much less airtime and be treated as an extension of the other player. It's always the one with less camera presence as well. We saw this back with Jerry and Amber and Australian Outback, for example. Yes, we did. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. One thing you didn't talk about was how the editors clearly cut away before the kisses. Yep. Yeah. That's thank you for that. We I can't believe we missed that. That seems Again, like something we would absolutely be on.
1: I had it written down, but it was also something where I wasn't sure if the camera I didn't I didn't interpret it as the camera cutting away. I interpreted it as like hesitation on their part. And I was like, wow, this! if I talk about this, it's going to take
0: forever. <laughs> and we were already running so long. I mean, yeah, there is that. <laughs> From Tyler, Leanne has been in over a dozen productions as an actress. She got Ooh. married in 2011 and as of 2020 lives in Redano Beach and has considered applying for The Amazing Race with her work wife. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. In August 2014, she, along with a contestant from Survivor Fiji, won an award for Best Relationship with Fans at the Reality Awards. Okay. What? (laughs) I've always felt that she got a really raw deal at it since from what the players have said, she was a big part of running the Women's Alliance. Yeah, I mean, every time she's on camera, I'm like, wow, there's something really interesting
1: there. I mean, she's very intelligent like Eliza, but she's much more like precise and soft-spoken and i think that is not valued as much obviously on reality tv
0: yeah she got mostly ignored except for being shown as the person making the move causing the alliance to topple in deciding to keep chris over eliza yeah yeah while Amy did have her fans, so this wasn't a universal opinion by any means, but not a small amount of the audience were labeling her as the stereotypical man-hating lesbian. Oh, God. <laughs> which is funny, because she's actually bisexual. That's even funnier. That is I th- love that. That's hilarious. Like, no, like, no.
1: It, it, the show is the one that drew the gender lines. Yeah. Like, wh- what? What?
0: <laughs> the show is the one that said no we want to do men versus women again and amy said bet let's do it keeping the the emails flowing from josh producers can pull you for a confessional at any time a couple contestants have said that they abused this power by pulling them away when a blind side against them was building so they could talk in private <gasps> the words going for a walk are used as code by the contestants to mean filming a confessional as they are not allowed to talk about production on camera. The codes are more commonly used when idols become a thing, where people start to randomly walking in the jungle when they start randomly walking. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if
1: we're going to get into situations, although it would have to be behind-the-scenes stuff because there's no way Survivor would let it on TV, where people are basically saying that they're going for a confessional, but instead they go look for an idol.
0: (laughs) That could be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. From Carl, episode 12, email the picture of the episode. Jared, do you want to take a guess what this picture of the episode is? It makes me flinch just looking at it.
1: Uh, I'm having a hard time. I'm not it's the leave. shoulders. It's the shoulders. I forgot that was this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's the shoulders. Yay. The fucking Resident Evil picture.
0: Yeah. So Eliza's shoulders just like you could put like, I don't know. You know those foam rollers that people use on their backs, like the really big ones? I imagine she can like clamp that between her shoulder oh, blades God. and just I walk hate around. That so much. She could be a Pokemon. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure Amy took Twyla's oath breaking more seriously than many would because of the death of her younger brother. Oh shit. Who, by the way, for all we know, was a similar age to Twyla's son when he died.
1: Maybe it I I thought i remembered in the episode before when when amy gets like hey he's looking up at you or looking <laughs> looking down at you not looking up they're not saying his little brothers in hell
0: oh no or her little brothers in hell it, it seemed like
1: it happened when she was pretty young
0: that's that's what i got the gist of too but still the the connection there is yeah, interesting I didn't even
1: consider that that's in, that's fascinating
0: yeah if anyone in the season was a shoe in to return it was amy yeah. she was the season's biggest character which of course made her the biggest character in the show's post all-stars renaissance Hmm. so this i mean if you needed someone to be pulled from the season i feel like she is definitely up there her or liza yeah okay there's been a generational divide pretty much all season but with twyla i'm also sensing some kind of class divide her comment about amy saying people like that think they're so much better than everyone else is what made me think this could Ooh. could be reading too much into that comment but in general Twyla's differences with the other women are interesting in that it's not age alone that divides them there are some socioeconomic factors that at play there too that's
1: yeah that's a good point and one we haven't talked a lot about partially because it's harder to parse mm-hmm. like you don't always uh, you, you can't tell someone's socioeconomic status as easily as you can tell their age right. however obviously Twyla has a blue collar background with her job that and her demeanor, that is obvious, and I could see how that would definitely be isolating. Yeah, that's, that is – that that's That's so cool. And a little – I feel like it came up a lot with uh, – or at least a little bit with Sue in Borneo as well.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reminded of how she got along with Dolly the sheep farmer despite the age gap. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I think Steven's right that Amy and Eliza's bond developed more in the later stages of Amy's stay, but there was that scene earlier of Amy confronting/encouraging Eliza after she flopped at the pig challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Some some nice notes there. See, this is what you guys come in and you sweep up all the stuff after we're done.
1: That's part of why this season's been so hard up until like I guess the episode Chad goes home? Maybe a little bit before that, because there's so much of this cool stuff that is boiling. But it all kind of gets unleashed in the last three episodes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is weird that it feels like a very, very slow burn. Yeah. That it all kind of pops up here toward the end. And I can 100% see why this season is
1: so good on a rewatch.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What I understand less is why Chris and Julie's relationship hasn't been developed more. That'd be my biggest critique of the season post-merge, I think. Yeah. It was Amy who said when voting for Scout... When your true colors come out, they're no part of any rainbow I've ever seen. That's what it was. Which yeah. Which is absolute heat. Scout wood's <laughs> Scout decent too. Lightning will strike a lone tree on top of a mountain faster than anything. Amy won though, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for once again cleaning up our garbage. Where We're like, what did she say? I don't know. Because <laughs> there's so much in that episode. There, There's a lot. Things I liked. Chris saying collared rocks instead of colored rocks like what the fuck <laughs> The shot of Chris changing the subject as Amy walks back toward the table from behind Eliza chef's kiss That's yeah. some social awareness by Chris that He definitely caught Eliza like looking that she was coming back Uh-huh Well I, I don't even know that Eliza was Eliza was pretty much back to oh, Amy Oh, coming. I had their
1: seat. The, okay, yeah. like Chris saw, her, never mind.
0: And boy That also could have been a disaster had Amy walked in on that. Yeah, I think less would have made the the day a whole lot more awkward. It would have
1: made it a little more awkward. It wouldn't have changed anything. Like, they both... Like, she knew where they were at. Yeah. She might have been trying to change it, but she knew where they were at in that moment.
0: Okay. And then, last email, because the other one is a finale email, from Tyler. You asked a couple of episodes when the first HD season is, and I forgot to answer then, but it's season 18. Okay. Fall of 2008. So that that makes sense to me that actually yeah that tracks that's about when i was thinking in my brain it was actually amy that made the rainbow confessional it was well scout you're pretty good yeah. at hiding your nasty side yep B- beautiful there were a couple of other good confessionals too Twila's vote for amy drama queen to the end <laughs> good stuff i wanted to make sure you address this before you start the next season I'm sure Steven and the other listeners will know what I'm referring to, but next season, an iconic episode one entire content is cut out of Paramount+. Plus. So if it's going to make it look like this iconic character didn't do anything, which would have honestly be kind of a travesty. So I have another link for the episode I can send with a list of timestamps for the omitted content to make sure that both Jared and whichever guest you have for mm. the premiere gets to see it. If Steven already has a solution for a more efficient method, please go ahead and use that. But I wanted to make sure this was addressed and asked Steven whether I should send the links or not. Please send that link because I feel like it is important and I would like that conversation to be had. Yeah. But yeah, we are now at the point where like, ooh, Survivor can edit and manipulate things post, like years down the line. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like that. So take that for what you will. So, that's all the emails, Jared. A lot of them. A lot of them. Thank you all. And for good measure, I, I love it. It makes me happy. Plus, we had like three episodes in the tube before we got to emails. so. Yeah. That happens. Bumper.
1: All right, so this episode came out on December 8th of 2004. Only five days between the last episode and this episode, which I thought was kind of strange. Or I guess six. They moved to a Wednesday because the finale is going to be on a Sunday.
0: Anyway. Maybe there was like a sport event or a breaking news kind of a situation. Yeah, maybe. There really wasn't much that
1: happened in this week. The only I, I always pull something. So I pulled the Cusco Declaration is signed in Cusco, Peru.
0: Cusco.
1: <laughs> Establishing the Union of South American Nations. What is the Union of South American Nations? You ask. I also wanted to know that. <laughs> it is a preamble to the Foundation Act of South American Union. Basically, it's a it's a trade group. Uh, Twelve South American countries announces the uh, calls for regional parliament, a common market, and a common currency. I don't think they succeed in that goal, from my knowledge of current South American. I don't think there's. It's not like there's no. There's an EU. There's no, SAU. South American Union. Sure, so.
0: I mean, they're It's not like a travel zone or a shared passport zone.
1: Yeah, there might be something like I know, like African nations have something similar. A few, a few different groupings of them.
0: I mean, America does too. We have like a whole bunch of trade unions.
1: Yeah. So really, that's it's kind of boring. That's all that happens. All right. The number one song has changed. Okay. It made it almost the entire season. That's impressive. Do you remember? Borneo and Australia. When I had a new song like every week, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, the well, no, the new welcome one song. to modern pop music. Yeah, drop it like it's hot. Oh, Snoop Dogg featuring Pharrell. I didn't think it, that was this late, but all right. That's why we do these because your you, your sense of time is warped. In, yeah. When the pimps in the crib, ma. <laughs> the top five movies. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna pull on right. Christmas past that. with
1: the cranks. Hanging around at number five, The Polar Express. Number three, National Treasure. Number two, or sorry, no, number three, Polar Express. Number four, two new movies topping the charts. Number two, Blade Trinity. Oh, and number one, which is the one we're going to talk about today, Oceans Twelve. Nice. Do you know Oceans Twelve, Stephen?
0: I never got into the Ocean series. Me either. I've I've heard that a few of them are good, a few of them are bad, and. The last one was Girl Power. That's the only one I've seen. Is it 14?
1: No, it's 8. It's 8? Oh. because Because the number is based on how many
0: people are in the heist. Right. Yeah. But for a while, they were going like... It was Ocean's 11, 11 Ocean's 12, 12 Ocean's 13. 13. Yeah.
1: So this one's Ocean's 12, which is the second in the trilogy. Okay. After successfully robbing five casinos in one night, spoilers for the first movie, I guess. Shit. Danny Ocean, George Clooney, and his crew of thieves have big problems. Despite pulling off one of the biggest heists in Las Vegas history, the members of the gang have already spent much of the money they stole. (laughs) Casino owner Terry Benedict, Andy Garcia, demands that Ocean return the money, plus millions more in interest. Unable to come up with the cash, the crew is forced to come together to pull off another series of heists, this time in Europe. So, we're doing the first one again in Europe.
0: It seems like it undermined the entire plot of the first movie. Sure does, Steven. What do you think it's rated? I'm imagining it's not nearly as good. So, I'm going to go audience score of 48, critic score of 27.
1: Now, you're a little too low. Damn.
0: Audience score was close.
1: Audience score of 55. Or, no, sorry. Audience score of 60, critic score of 55. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, listen, I get it. I'm a sucker for a heist movie.
0: Heist movies can be fun, but I feel like, well, okay. I was going to say there should be a point, but maybe that's not the point of a heist movie. The heist movie is the heist. What were you going to say? Was to have a point, like to have a plot and like have the characters either like fail or win. The whole
1: synopsis should be, you son of a bitch, I'm in. (laughs)
0: You son of a bitch, I'm in. Thanks, Rick and Morty. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else? nope all right then let's get into the episode episode 13 eruptions of volcanic magnitude 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 yeah so <laughs> the immediate first thing that jumps into my brain nothing survivor plot related this was an editing choice we're blurring out night vision nips
1: Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah.
0: So as we're walking back, there was like a buff over, I think it was Julie. It, it doesn't matter, but like we had to blur it out. I was like, does night vision really change the camera that much that it's just like a full frontal shot there? Or maybe she didn't have it on all the way. No. Cause it was like, you could see where the line was and it was like uh, above whatever. Censoring guidelines are so weird. Censoring is weird and just all around. It's confusing to me. So, the first thing I wrote down, Julie is just here catching strays.
1: Twyla's <laughs> on the warpath, and for like she's just, like, sh- <laughs> shooting Julie for some reason with these insults. And Julie's like, Why, What? I did nothing. What did I do? I literally have done nothing to you.
0: Yeah, Twyla's upset that Eliza was bringing up the swearing on the sun at Tribal Council. And you're right, Julie was taking a lot of heat. For nothing! For nothing. And... Like, at one point, she jumps in and she's like, that's uncalled for. Both defending herself and defending Eliza. Like, the things that you're saying are uncalled for. And it just it just spirals out of control. All of it. So, I, I have a theory about Twyla. Go on.
1: Twyla, up until the point where she lied, was... I mean, she might have, like, her own personal venom. Like, she might have people that she doesn't like. She might have, you know... Oh whether it's elitism from Amy or whatever. But she mostly played an honest game up until that point. Mm-hmm. And then she flipped a switch. And I'm part of me feels like this is, I, I've called for people to like be a little, like, lie more. Like, what are you doing? Why are why are you playing this way? But I've also called for people to be genuine with who they are. Because if you aren't, people can see through it and they can't trust you. And you are, like, if the worst thing I think you can be on Survivor is a phony. Twyla, I don't think, is a person that naturally likes deception. And I think that having to be deceptive is making her fall apart. Like, she doesn't know how to navigate this. Yeah. So she just is angry about it and making it everyone else's problem.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think that this is not her normal state of being. So she got caught in this, like, okay, I I made, like, a mistake and people keep bringing it up, and I'm really pissed off that people keep bringing it up because it's not who I am. But that kind of like spirals into this different kind of anxiety of like, ah, oh, right? Just it, stop, just stop bringing it up. I, I've moved past that. You should move past that too.
1: You you change it with the like if you change her position, her keep her exact same actions, and you put in the boss and Robs or the Johnny Fair plays or the Jerry's of the world. Mm-hmm. They're going to go, yeah, I did that. And you know what? It's because it made me, it was better for my game and be unrepentant about it. But the problem is this lie does bo- – the fact that she had to do this bothers
0: Twyla. Yeah. And it is
1: eating at her. Yep. That's my theory. I think it's kind of cool.
0: I think you're right. <laughs> We we do have a moment where she's essentially telling us that, like, I don't have anybody that I have to apologize for, except to my son. Like, I've I've moved past it. You should move past it, too. I'm going to condole with my son. The rest of you motherfuckers can kiss my ass. <laughs> I was like, okay, I get what you're saying, but you're doing it in a, a not the right way.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the not the right way is like... You don't believe that, Twilight. Like, you know how mad you would be if someone did this to you, and you care about that, but you can't care about that right now, and you're trying so
0: hard not to care about it. Yeah. So then, that kind of calms down, and Eliza and Julie stay up and just, like, talk about it into the night, really late. From Eliza, she's the one who did it. If you can't live with your past actions, you shouldn't have done it. Sure. Cool. (laughs) And good morning, so we we wake up Julie says she's so engaging and fun towards Twila. There's some
1: like mean girls behavior happening yeah. on both sides of this, on the Scout, Twi- uh,
0: Scout Twyla Scout Twila and Julie Eliza side. What's really funny is she goes on to say she's holding a grudge against herself toward us. The which, fuck. Which is Basically what I just said. Yeah. Like, that is a
1: non-coherent way of saying what I just said before, actually.
0: (laughs) And Chris, again, sitting here, enjoying it a little bit. But in this time, he's a little concerned because he's like, okay, I actually like Twyla. And what she's doing isn't a good thing. Like, she's taking a road that she doesn't have to take. She's being, like, petty when she doesn't have to be. There's there's no gameplay behind this. Chris is in the best position I think we have ever seen a survivor player
1: be in. Chris might as well have immunity to the final. Thing. <laughs> from like from the moment that he got Scout, Twyla, and Eliza all to work together, he has been like usually if you're in the middle you should be worried. Mm-hmm. Chris has no reason to worry. These. These contestants cannot and will not work together without him. Like, you think they're gonna you think that Scout Eliza and Twyla are gonna turn around and stab you in the back?
0: No. No. They won't talk to each other. Their knives are straight pointed at each other. So
1: Chris doesn't have anything to fear. He's just trying to keep everyone as happy as possible so he so he doesn't have to sit in like abject misery for six (laughs) days.
0: But as much as we think that it's pointed at each other, it's it's not really because Julie is very much at the bottom. Yeah, but she sees this as the crack that she needs. Like she she's witnessing this spiral out of control for Twyla, and she's like, "All right, Eliza, this 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 is my opportunity. Take me. Like, you want to take her, and you don't want to take me, really?
1: God, I love this so much. <laughs> I this is such ah." Uh, I love Julie. Okay, so let's talk about the results before we talk about the rest of the episode. Because I want to ask you a question that I can't... I think I've squared the circle, but let's see if you can change my mind. Do you think Chris made the right decision? In? The end. In in voting out Julie.
0: The end of this episode. Yes. I don't know that it would have mattered.
1: Okay. Because I I, I do kind of agree with you. Mm -hmm. Because I think either way, Chris is a lock for the final three.
0: Chris is in a power position, yeah.
1: However, you're more likely to beat Scout and Twyla at a challenge.
0: I think that's the key, and that's why he does it the way he does.
1: And I think you're more likely to get Julie's vote Mm -hmm. on the jury than you are to get Scout or Twyla's if you stab her in the back. Yes. So I think it's the right decision. However, it's the decision I didn't like. (laughs) I I want the final three to be Chris, Eliza, and Julie. I like those three a lot better than some combination of
0: Chris, Eliza, Scout, and Twyla. Sure. Actually, I, I kind of take it back, because even if you do, you go Final Three, great. You From a physical base, you go with the ones who are going to be weaker, who are going to struggle with whatever kind of a challenge that that's going to be. But then even beyond that, Scout and Twyla have kind of dug their grave with these juries. Yeah. So unless they're taking each other, you probably have a better chance with, Although, if you're Chris,
1: okay, so the final four ends up being Chris, Eliza, Scout, Twyla. Mm -hmm. If you get rid of Twyla or Scout, which really, I mean, yeah, it's good, it's Twyla. If you get rid of Twyla, then your final four is Chris, Eliza, Julie, Scout. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee that Eliza or Julie take you with them. I agree. However, if you can somehow make it so the final three as Chris is Chris, Scout, and Eliza, Scout will lose the immunity. There's no doubt about that. I think Twi is a better competitor than than Eliza. Plus, you know, you don't have to win that challenge. You're you're going to be taken no matter what. Scout and Eliza are not going to take the other one of them <laughs> to the final 2. There's no fucking way in hell.
0: <laughs> okay. Let's just hold on to that yeah, for yeah, a, yeah. a um, second. Yeah, yeah. Um so
1: that that's all that's it made me do a lot of reflection of like because I was like, God damn it, Chris. That's just a bad call. And I was like, no, it is the right call. It's just the call I didn't like.
0: From a strategic standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. From an emotional viewer standpoint, you're like, God damn, damn it. it. <laughs> Moving on to the reward challenge, we have our second chances challenge, leftovers. Jared. It's our leftovers challenge. We have the mud pit. We have a pig pen. We have a tiki puzzle. And we have Chris's nemesis, the balance beam. <laughs>
1: So funny. I did write down, it was interesting. It seemed like they had, at least for two of them, Chris's nemesis and Eliza's nemesis of challenges. Like, they had a leg of the challenge that was, like, seemed like it was geared to get out specific people.
0: It does, doesn't it? And one works and one didn't get the chance. True. Yeah. So in the mud pit, they're crawling, like, it's a really low army crawl. And,. At first, I was like, this isn't very interesting to watch, but if you look closely with how they have to like weave in between the lanes in the mud pit, I was like, okay, that's a little cooler, but still not that interesting to watch.
1: I think the problem is any any leg of a challenge that involves only one person going home, we might as well skip. Yeah. Because it's Scout. There's there's no tension about it. Scout cannot move correctly. So they kind of just breeze past
0: this. I, I do kind of wish they just combined these all into one challenge. I don't know that I agree. I, I think it gave the women more of a chance, because I hmm. think if you put it all together, I think Chris runs away with it. Yeah, maybe. But... but
1: Chris has not been nearly as good at the challenges as I expected him to be.
0: Oh, being. no. He's not like an athletic powerhouse by any means. But I think if you combine them all, well...
1: He's still going to lose that fucking beast. <laughs> I could
0: see Julie winning it if it was a a one-long shot. Yeah. Eliza, I think, still struggles with the pig. <laughs> so in the mud pit scouts eliminated pig pen eliza's eliminated That's Hilarious. the tiki puzzle chris loses a piece he steps on it he does
1: he fucking step you know what you know what i realized he probably thought it was like the thing to keep the rest of them on there
0: yeah or a, a rope or something
1: yeah Like Like, when he took them off, I think it's like, you know, you'd imagine that like there's some like a stopper. The stopper was the knot, but he was like, he was not paying attention and thought, didn't realize that was a piece of it. But dude, look around you.
0: Yeah. And and obviously Jeff doesn't want to like hint. You forgot a piece because. No, Jeff does a very good job. Yeah. He does a good job, but he's, he's a little too nonchalant with it where I'm like, Jeff, what are you doing here? Nope. It's not Right it's not right Chris I kind of liked it it's okay it's funny
1: I mean sure do I want there to be an in, like at least an iota of like interest in his voice and yeah. what's going on in yeah. front of him yes but I like <laughs> not showing your hand as the as the host
0: and then finally we have Julie versus Twyla in a balance beam and slingshot the the slingshot part was really cool it was I thought the balance beam was a little like underbaked as I far think as they put that goes. in there just to fuck with Chris <laughs> I think you're right legitimately I think you're right Yeah, so Julie wins, and wins a horseback ride, a trip up Mount Yasser, hot dogs, wine, hot Ah, chocolate.
1: everyone's favorite combination of things, as Jeff points out, what better way to watch a volcano than hot dogs and wine. Mm, Delicious. Is it hot?
0: (gasps) Hot wine? Why is it? Dude, what? (laughs) I mean, there's beer, too. He just points out the wine first, but like.
1: That's disgusting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does seem weird. The hot dogs n- now make sense as to why, because they're cooking them in the yeah. steam vents. But still, you could have come up with a better combination than whatever you had at the Ponderosa camp. That is what 100% what it is. <laughs> yeah. So we get through, and Chris's oopsies, we talked about that. Twyla fucks up her ankle here
1: yeah it looks bad yeah
0: this looks like something i would do
1: (laughs) that was actually the first thing i thought of yeah because
0: she's going down the net after the balance beam and the the ankle goes in a different direction and that could have it could be a problem yeah i don't think
1: yes i mean you're, you're you might be foreshadowing something but i don't think that well
0: twilight is kind of the challenge beast at this point actually yeah you're right okay (laughs) <laughs> also, one last thing before we move on to the reward. Scout's way to go, Julie, was really funny to me.
1: Yeah. Okay, so she, we don't usually see contestants cheer uh-huh. when they're out of a challenge at this point, um, unless it's tribe-based, of course.
0: Right. But usually they're still competing, so there isn't a, like, yeah, you go. We, even if they are on the side, they I, I feel like they like to keep their cards at least a little close to their chest. Uh-huh.
1: Scout was, like... To, Ju- or to Twyla was like, yeah, Twyla, you got it. Yeah. And then Julie is ahead and she's like,
0: way to go, Julie. Way to go, Julie. You got it. Fuck. So proud of you. <laughs> it's worse than saying nothing. It was really funny. Yeah. And then so Julie, in a very petty way, is like, no one would have taken me, so I'm going to take Chris. Oh, I mean, that's the right choice. I don't know. If you had to, I, I don't really yeah, have to say it like that. You could have... Yeah, you could have not said that, but she's also, I think she's trying to build up the sympathy, kind of like what Chris did. Yeah, I think she's also trying to hide that, like, she's not saying, hey, I'm going to take
1: Chris to try to flip on you guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so big move, Julie, big move. And she, she admits to us. She's like, yeah, I needed to talk to him, and he's kind of fun. We have a good time, so I'm bringing him. It's yeah,
1: so weird that they buried their relationship because clearly yeah. they, from the little snippets we've gotten before this and this episode, clearly
0: they're very close. He calls <laughs> her
1: like a little sister.
0: Yeah, and it's like we've seen you two on camera together twice. <laughs> I'm gonna kind of skim over this reward because yeah. there is a lo- like it's a lot of time, but it's not a whole lot of content. I think it's it's funny that we we meet Joe from Tana as the guide. Joe, Joe is iconic. It also did remind me of Sean from Marquesas being afraid of the horses. <laughs> yeah. I- Chris riding his horse into the river, and then the guide's like, er, the horse stalls and obviously just wants to like hang on the river because it's a river. And, and I'm like, yeah, and it's a horse, and it's a horse. And the guide's like, kick, kick your horse. Like you have to tell it to move. It's disobeying the the following pattern. And he's like, you mean like this? He just kind of like wimpy. Like he's a very gentle soul. He was very gentle and was very nice. Chris but, seems like a very good guy. However, if you need to guide a horse that's not going to do Correct. anything. <laughs> So he struggles to get the horse to move, and then ah yes, we get to camp. We get footlongs, hmm, footlongs that we cook in a steam vent.
1: I love when Chris puts it in, the, like puts his hand on the steam vent. And it's like ah, yeah, it's a fucking steam vent, my that's, guy. That's
0: hot. Like y- really, the you need a volcano?
1: I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. like I understand, like like your instinct because it's like oh, make sure the stove is hot. Like if it's like oh, make sure the oven is hot. Like oh yeah yeah, it's working. Hey, that's a volcano.
0: You maybe don't. It's working. Yeah.
1: It's been working for hundreds, if not thousands of years. <laughs> it's good.
0: It's, it's preheated. It's ready to go. Yeah. And then they they talk a little bit where Julia's like, who do you feel most loyal to? And Chris is like, well, it's you, obviously. Like, of all the people here, the person that I'm about to vote out, you. You've done so much for me along Chris- the way.
1: Like I said before, Chris is in the best position maybe we've ever seen a survivor in at this point to where, like, not only will the other people not work together, they cannot work together. They yeah. Like, it's not a thing of, like, oh, it's unlikely they will. It is, like, no, they cannot peacefully coexist. Yeah. But he's sloppy this whole episode.
0: He's pretty sloppy in this.
1: Where he's, he's promising everyone everything. And, like, dude. Dude, come on. You have no reason to do that.
0: Yeah, and they go and they watch a volcano explode in the dark, and it's really cool. It is pretty cool. Like, the shots that they get here are legitimately awesome.
1: I do think this is yeah, this is where they got all their B-roll for all the volcanoes exploding for the entire season. You are probably correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 100%. Yeah, and then back at camp, we have the pettiest petty I think I've seen on Survivor in a long time. Before we move on, I wanted to bring up one thing that I, it's, I've seen it in multiple episodes,
1: but I keep forgetting to mention it. Another point of emphasis in like Chris and Julie's relationship is Julie is always wearing Chris's hat.
0: Oh, I didn't even notice that
1: multiple challenges. Julie's been wearing Chris's hat. She wears his hat through most of this, this challenge. Like, and I I know it's a very small thing, but like you don't share your clothes with somebody unless you're real fucking close to them. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) please continue.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Back at camp. There is some, some shit going down. Twyla hid bananas. And like buried them to oh, ripen gosh, them. I forgot about this. <laughs> and obviously, people are like or Eliza specifically was asking, "Hey, can where where'd you bury those bananas?" We're like, is, is we're running a low.
1: Is burying a bananas to ripen them a thing? I don't know. Maybe maybe they said it wrong, and it's like to slow the ripening so they don't like. But rot? that makes more sense yeah. to me. Where, like the sun can't get them, but bugs can't get them. Well, airborne bugs can't get them.
0: Yeah. And then Twila's like, no, I'm not gonna tell you where they are. I'm like, what? Okay, well, what? Can you go get them? Yeah, can can like can you grab them? I I would like a banana. And like, no. And if I get voted out, those bananas are gonna rot in the ground. I'm like, okay.
1: This is where I went. Oh, so living with Scout and Twyla would actually drive me fucking insane.
0: Correct. Got it. The the cackling and the absolute like. No, fuck you of this was off the wall, insane.
1: Which is kind of nuts because they try, they gaslight us about Eliza the whole way up until this point in the season, until a couple episodes ago. Like, don't get me wrong, Eliza was obviously rubbed people the wrong way, or she was seen as such a threat that she needed to go. She was, for a long time, the de facto, like, we need to get rid of a woman vote. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the, the weird episode with uh, Lisa. But they really do her dirty and do Scout and Twilight like like make them like saints for the first part of the season. And I just (laughs) don't
0: like I don't think it was this nasty, but like, man, you you have to shield it a little bit where you're like, ah, no, I'm friends with everybody. But like, seriously, I really fucking hate that Eliza person here. It's just there's nobody at camp. Yeah. They can just be mean to Eliza. Yeah. And nobody can stop them. It's it's literal just bullying. It kind of
1: is. And Twyla's such a fucking hypocrite. She goes on about like, I'll I'll let them rot in the ground. And then she, when Eliza's gone, she's talking to the scout. And she's like, with that girl, it's always my way or the highway. And I'm like... Excuse you. You just said, no, I buried them. And if you vote me out, they'll rot in the ground. There is no other stronger version of my way or the highway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, there's a little bit more shenanigans back at camp when everybody gets back. I mean, Chris, after telling Julie, like, yeah, there's there's an opportunity for you here. Immediately goes back to Twila and Scout is like, no, nah, we're solid as a rock. Fuck that. Fuck those guys. <laughs> we don't need them. I, I, I think this is where we get the Chris confessional I really like of like, they,
1: uh, they hate or she hates her and she hates her. And these two are friends. And the fucked up thing is they all trust me.
0: <laughs> That's really funny. I did write that down because right before that, Eliza's like, all right, so we know it's Julie, right? But here's the thing. What if it wasn't? I've just endured a lot here at camp. Could we maybe not? (laughs) Yeah. And Chris feels it and he knows it. Just the circumstances it took
1: for Chris to get here are so unique and like can't be replicated. Like that is the weird thing about this is that I think there is zero to learn about Chris's game except make it three more days.
0: Are you saying that there is not a, you can't build a strategy off of becoming the last person on your tribe and then just kind of skating your way through as the other team cannibalizes itself? Yeah, you. Yeah, as long as you can <laughs> mind control
1: them to all fucking hate each other. Yeah,
0: I'll work on that next time. <laughs> Immunity. Hey, Jared, you remember that thing that I said shouldn't come back? Uh uh-huh the story challenges yep here we are (laughs) yeah it's a story challenge it's a story challenge uh
1: i can't believe they didn't do this for all stars did they do it for pearl islands i don't i thought they did maybe they did why did we skip it so like we know it's not good because we skipped it for all stars but we brought it back
0: anyway i'm not entirely sure we skipped it for all stars but we could have i'm I I don't know. Maybe okay. they just had like such a wealth of challenges that they didn't have to go to the old regular bucket. No, you know I think it was what they're in
1: Panama again.
0: Oh, they don't have a new story. They don't
1: have a new story, <laughs> or they don't want to. They they really didn't highlight in All Stars at all that they were in Panama. Mm-hmm. Whereas like all the other seasons are about the locations they're in, so that's probably why they skipped it. That, that not tracks. because they thought it was bad. Yeah, damn it.
0: We get we get the story of Roy Mata, Roy Mata, who was murdered by his brother. All the people buried him and all of his friends and family alive. I guess that's fucked up if true. Yeah, so, I say
1: if true because I don't trust Survivor to actually fact check whether the story they're telling is true valid. and not just like colonizer propaganda. <laughs> yeah,
0: that is a thing though. I I've definitely heard that in like Egyptian stories. Yeah the the king's most trusted advisors but that's that's part of the problem right like
1: did oh yeah french colonizers show up and learn about this influential person and then combine a bunch of other stories they had heard to the point that it just kind of becomes a truth who's to
0: say who's to say I certainly wasn't there. Not not CBS. I do not <laughs> trust CBS to actually look that up. Valid. Yeah. So there's six huts with questions in them, and this one's different from previous ones that you have to solve a puzzle to get the question. And I kind of like that. I I liked it too because it provided the opportunity for you to like screw other people where you just you flip it down and the puzzle goes away like you close the box yeah. and the puzzle you have to solve it again. That's also a pretty genius design mm-hmm. to that closing the box resets the puzzle so you don't
1: have to take the time to reset it.
0: I agree. That's that's good challenge design. Yeah. Appreciate it for bringing some sort of life to this <laughs> absolutely <laughs> disastrous challenge. And there are you have to answer 5 of the 6 so you don't have to wait for huts all the time. That's also good design. But I
1: think this is I I genuinely do think this is the best version like the bones of it the the structure of it is the best version of the story challenge maybe one of the easier stories i didn't feel like the details were that hard to parse no but also like yeah this
0: challenge can go away <laughs> solely for the reason the way it ends because i i wish there was one more hut so that we weren't doing like a full on blocking scheme of trying to get julie out yeah cuz that's what ended up happening did you think it was a, did you think it was intentional yes 100%. Really? You think Twilight didn't flip it down on purpose? Oh, no. That part was not on purpose. The per- the going back and flipping it down after she's like, oh, fuck, it's Julie after me? Nah, I'm flipping that down. Oh, I that's interesting. I straight up thought
1: it was Twilight running out realizing, oh, shit, I forgot, turning around and going and flipping it, not paying attention that it's Julie. But I like your conspiracy
0: better. I, I think that's how it went because – up until that point, we don't see anyone really, like, turn around and flip it down. We see people do it in the moment of, like, ah, yeah. done with it, boom. But we don't see anyone hesitate, come back, flip it around. Hmm. And I don't know if what would have happened if the producer would have just pushed it down or the cameraman, whoever was— I think they would have left it. I think they would have left it, too. And we don't really see, from the audience perspective, of a situation someone walks in, the puzzle's already done— and then they get to answer. But yeah, and that
1: is actually part of a a problem too, right? Like do you don't want to have a challenge where even if that's not what happened, like uh-huh. even if it is my what I interpret it as, like she really she ran out. It's like you forgetting your like your coffee on the table. Like you ran out and you went, Oh shit. And ran
0: back. Like, even if that is what happened, you don't want those questions. I don't want ambiguity in my survivor challenges, Jared. and I don't
1: want people to be able to team up on somebody they want out of the game. I want them to lose or win by their own merit. I agree. And, yeah, you could absolutely have, like, it could have been much more blatant. Twilight could have literally just sat there and not walked out. Yep.
0: Like, what's stopping her? Not a whole lot. So, Eliza wins. Eliza and Julia are pretty much neck, neck and neck the whole time. And then that last one, yeah. I don't know if it would have been close, but it definitely made it seem like that cut any of Julie's possibility of winning. So, this is the first tribal council that Eliza didn't have to pack her bags because <laughs> she has immunity. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy. And... <laughs> oh, wait, no, okay. No, you never lose immunity. I was thinking of, like,
1: because I know, like, idol nullifiers are a thing and stuff. Uh-huh. So, like... You but like that doesn't work for immunity necklaces. Cause I was like, imagine you don't pack and somebody goes, actually I'm gonna nullify your immunity necklace, which is
0: not a thing, so never mind. Actually, I'm gonna smash this hourglass and Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that is a thing. Well, yeah, but at least that wasn't at tribal. So Yeah. <laughs> we we're going back to camp. Now it's the reassuring time. Honestly, not a whole lot happens here. Yeah. In that they they talk about it. We kind of go around. We do the survivor. Ah, it could be this, could be this, could be this. And Twyla kind of walks in on a conversation. I think the biggest thing here is that we're watching Chris. Everyone's watching Chris to see what Chris does. Yeah. And he's spending a lot of time with these young women and talking with them. and mean, like, okay, I don't like how close he's getting here. And Twyla needs to be reassured. As we stated earlier in the episode, Twyla needs to be reassured here. Yeah, and she's not getting that.
1: I mean, Chris is is being pretty explicit with like, "Hey, you, it's not you," which he's lying. Yeah, he doesn't. He hasn't made up his mind. I
0: truly believe by this point, but it really doesn't get much
1: more black and white than
0: that kind of reassurance. Yeah, he he's playing both sides, and you know what? Good for him. That way, well, he always comes out on top. Always comes out on top sometimes this but this time is actually true this time is actually true yes and and Twila's sitting there like you know what I can't trust anybody right now people have been murdered for less than one million dollars Twila uh-huh are you gonna murder the other contestants don't worry about it okay so <laughs> so at tribal we get to tribal and man Jeff goes in on Twila yeah and twyla's like you're being hard on me jeff like (laughs) okay he doesn't really go in he's just like come on twyla answer the question give me he pushes her he put like do you do you you believe that everyone deserves to be here (laughs) shucks jeff like don't don't make me say it he's like no say it and then everyone's like yeah say it say it twyla yeah says eliza My personal opinion is that somebody doesn't deserve to be here. And Eliza's like, it's me. I'm the one that she thinks doesn't deserve to be here. Wild that the person that you're trying to, like, woo in a little bit. I mean.
1: It's it's not. It's Chris. Chris is who they're trying to woo in. They don't give a shit about Eliza. At this point. Yeah, you're right. It's. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what Twyla honestly believes. I think that's the wrong opinion. I agree. Somebody that she's had to, like, Eliza's had to, like, fight and claw and trust you who she fucking hates to make sure she stay in the <laughs> game like eliza's played a pretty damn good game and we once again i don't know if she's gonna make final two i don't know if she's gonna come back but we once again get a little more insight into how fucking good at a final two jury eliza can be because mm. her answer is so good it's very good where she's like yeah everyone deserves to be here otherwise we wouldn't be here like and in a way that feels like actually at least somewhat genuine like it feels like she's pulling from yeah, we have done crazy things. We have survived the elements. We have survived each other. Like, yeah, we all deserve to be here, even the people I don't like. And you go, oh, damn,
0: she's good at this. Mm -hmm. I am am of the firm believer that, you know what? There's very few scenarios in Survivor where someone doesn't deserve to be in the end. Like, I am having a hard time thinking of a reason why someone doesn't deserve, obviously- Outcasts in Pearl Island's. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a t- yeah. That's a, that's an argument. That's an argument, and that's one that could be made, <laughs> and one that might be made again sometime. Oh god, Sometime similar, because if you if you made it to the end, whether it be through physical dominance, good strategy, alliances, or duping someone out of their pants, yeah. like you you made it there. You deserve to be there. And people are having a hard time – they're judging morality in this game as were you honest? Were you playing a quote-unquote good game, like a good person game? And that's not what Survivor is. No. The one
1: who shoots first is the one who gets the kill. Yeah. Straight up. And, like, I the only other time I would say that people – you can make an argument people don't deserve to be there is if they are goats. And then you can make an argument that they – maybe not that they don't objectively deserve to be there but mm-hmm. they deserve to be there less than people who have gone home I see what you're saying there but and- I don't see anybody up there as a goat
0: yeah if you're hitching your <laughs> hitching your ride with someone who is clearly better Hmm.
1: actually scouts kind of a goat possibly like do you okay let's go through the jury list real quick okay Do you like okay? Maybe Sarge votes for Scout, depending on who she's up against. Maybe, like if Mm -hmm. it's like if it's like Scout and Eliza, maybe Chad, who's to say?
0: Who's to say? I mean, who what is this scenario? Like, do
1: Scout versus anyone else up there? Okay, like the only person Scout probably pulls the vote off of is like from Chad is maybe maybe Twyla, maybe Eliza. Like, he's not getting it from Chris. He's not well at this point, Julie's gone, but so so okay, those two are kind of wild cards. Do you think any of the women besides Twyla on the jury would vote for Scout over any other human being up there?
0: Do you think... I I could see... Do you think Amy's going to vote for Scout? See, weird that you say that, because that was going to be the one that I was like, maybe Amy, because Amy might feel so betrayed with the, like, you had a chance to take me and then you didn't.
1: The, The woman who said... Hey, you're a bad lesbian. I am also <laughs> gay and think that you shouldn't be representative of us. Yeah, I don't think she's going to vote for her personally. Twyla is the only other person that Scout could get a vote from. Like Scout, there's no path in my mind for Scout to get four votes on that jury in any combination of a final two.
0: I, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Julie Julie talks a little bit about I think people care for me here. Like, I, I think she sees the writing on the wall that she's yeah. going, but, like, I mean, people like me, so that's good.
1: I did have one play. If you're Eliza and mm-hmm. you're worried that Chris is going to go with them to the final three, yeah, you can give Julie your immunity. Yes. And force Chris
0: into a terrible position. Yeah, but I think Chris is pretty locked and Eliza senses that if it's not Julie, it's probably me. Yeah. It, it'd be too cute. But like if
1: I don't think it's right for this set of circumstances, but I could see that being a play where it's like, hey, Chris, I know that you won't vote for me. Yeah. You want to vote for my ally. You want to go with them instead? No, no. I'm going to make this painful on you because if I don't win this vote, I don't win the game.
0: There are certain situations where I can see that being like a good play. I don't think this is one of them. I, I don't think this is one of them. Yeah. And then Chris is like, Chris feels that this is hard and Chris doesn't want to cast this vote. Cause he, he genuinely likes everyone. Yeah. And he genuinely thinks that, Hey, this is kind of my do or die moment. Like I, I pick a side and I got to roll with it. Maybe, maybe I think continuing to whittle one person down from each side is actually the best <laughs> call. Interesting. Okay. So anyway, Julie is voted out on a three to two line. Eliza is shocked. Yeah. I don't know why you're that shocked, but not shocked enough that you would have given up your immunity, but shocked enough that your friend gets sent home. Yeah. Yeah. She really believed in Chris. How do you think Julie does in future survivor? I think she could do really well. I like Julie. I think that she, I I do
1: worry about that, that little bit of like spitefulness, but this whole, this whole season got so ugly so quick. It did. So like, I, maybe she just got dragged down a little bit in it. That whole like, None of you would take me so would take Chris like isn't a great look and doesn't bode well for <laughs> for like building and maintaining relationships. Yeah. But I don't know. It's so hard to great any of the people on this season cuz the season feels like it's like a it's it's its own bubble. <laughs> that is just really like you can't replicate these circumstances. But I I think she has the tools to do well. I do think more often than not if she gets past the merge, I think she does well. thinking about like how tribe dynamics usually go. I don't think she necessarily gets past the merge if she's on a tribe that doesn't do well in challenges mm-hmm. She was benefited by being on an all women's tribe being there's a perception, you know rightly or wrongly that if you are a, a young small woman, you're pre- immunity fodder. Mm. You're somebody to vote off to make the tribe stronger because challenges are physical that could screw her over in other seasons. Sure. So I think she's seven times out of ten going home before the merge, but in those like three out of ten, she could go all the way.
0: Okay. So she doesn't come back. Yeah. And there is a reason for it. Oh. There is... I I don't know if you would call her uh, disqualified from participating in Future Survivor. Oh, my God. Do you want to take a guess as to why? Like, what possibly could you do to disqualify yourself from being in Future Survivor?
1: Um, We haven't really talked about anyone that's been officially disqualified. But then again, I don't know if we have to with people like Rich. I, yeah. That's just just a given.
0: I, did she steal something? No. So I, I was going to hold off until f- – after the finale, but I think it makes the finale a little more interesting if you know this information. Okay. So, do you remember the tattoo that she had on earlier in the season? The the paint that she made that was brought- Heart Jeff? Heart Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Julie dates a future producer of Survivor. Hilarious. Julie dates Jeff. Julie dates Jeff?! For three years. (gasps) So- She can't really come back and play survivor. Oh my god! When do they date? Uh, Pretty much immediately after this. Wow. Yeah. So I want you to look at the the finale episode through that lens a little bit because I think it adds
1: because they were probably so they probably started they were dating while this is being edited. Yeah. Even more confusing. I guess Jeff isn't a producer, but even more confusing why we get so little Julie (laughs) when we had opportunities to.
0: Yeah. So I want you to watch the finale and the reunion through that scope. Fascinating. That's
1: yeah. Isn't Julie really young?
0: I mean, Jeff's pretty young at this point, too. Jeff's, like, probably 28, 30, somewhere. I'm maybe? so
1: bad at guessing ages. I thought he would be, like, 35. I don't know.
0: He's, he's not that old, I don't think. Julie's, like, over 21, though, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. Julie's, like, 24. Oh, 24. never mind. Okay.
1: In my head, I was thinking... I, I couldn't remember what her, and really bad at guessing ages, I like, my comp to her was Amazon Jenna, who was 19. So I was like, did Jeff start dating a 19-year-old? I mean, two consenting adults, but it's kind of fucking weird. Scott Pilgrim's dating a high schooler. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Probst is dating a contestant.
0: Yeah, she's like 20, this is filmed in 2004, Four. 1980, so she's like 24. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Nothing, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: No, I mean there wouldn't necessarily be anyway. I was just kind of like, Jeff, what are we doing here?
0: Okay, and your protagonist of the episode,
1: Chris. I mean, it has to be. Chris is the protagonist of the. He's been a protagonist, <laughs> like he's been the soft protagonist for a couple episodes, and now it's 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 his
0: game. He's kind of storytelling this whole scenario, and it's, it's yeah pretty because funny. he he has pseudo immunity. <laughs>
1: He has he has pseudo immunity from everyone else fucking hating each other. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, I, I will say um, I don't know what you do with this final four. If God, there's
0: so many interesting. Okay, anyway, <laughs> we don't know. I know, I know what. Yeah, happens. Yeah, I know you do. It's gonna be fun. So who wins? Chris. Chris. Yeah. Slam dunk. Yeah.
1: It's it's wild that that he's in this in this situation because he has. Two locked-in votes on the jury. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, maybe not slam dunk. Like, I could see a world where it's Chris and Eliza. Okay. I think Eliza's the only one who can beat Chris, and that comes down to Twyla and Scout. But, like, if it's the two of them, if it's Chris-Eliza, that means you have two guaranteed votes for Chris and the men, and then you have to sway one of Scout or Twyla to vote Mm. for Eliza. Like, that reads 4-3 to me.
0: Give me a scenario where Chris doesn't make final two.
1: Eliza goes home, final four. Twila wins the final immunity and decides to go with Scout instead of Chris. Gotcha. I think that's the only path because okay. I don't think Scout can win immunity. Just her, her, she, her health is d- deteriorated <laughs> to the point that I don't think it's possible unless it's a mental only challenge. Sure. Eliza's not taking either of those women. Neither of those women are taking Eliza.
0: Yep. Okay. Who wins in that scenario where it's Scout Eliza? Or Scout Scout Twyla. Oh, Twyla. Yeah. Okay. That's it then. Let's bumper out of it. Bumper? Bumper.
1: (laughs) Bumper out? Bumper.
0: That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Jared, we made it. We're at another finale.
1: I finally see why people like this season so much. We got there.
0: (laughs) The build. It's all about the anticipation.
1: God, it's a slow build. And it doesn't have to be. (laughs)
0: Anything you'd like to promote? Remember Rory? Yeah, I remember Rory.
1: I would like to promote taking pride in things, or not pride, finding joy in regional differences that make other people suffer. And let me explain. (laughs) I have a couple friends that uh, have never lived in the Midwest, and then they moved here. And their first Chicago winter, oh chef's kiss. It's going to be negative 36 degree wind chill next week. And like, that sucks for everyone, but I get to see it through their eyes. <laughs> and that's pretty fun for me.
0: Just stay inside at that point. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I'm from a place where we just get base temperatures of negative 30. So I don't feel too bad, but <laughs> like, you know, it sucks. Just stay inside. Uh my favorite part was telling one of them
1: and I said, "Yeah, it's mean negative 36 degree wind chill." And they said, "That's not a real number." <laughs> it's that's that, that's not possible. It's not possible." I went, "No, it is. <laughs> it absolutely is." What
0: about you, Steven? <sighs> I'm going to promote NFL playoffs. Hey. It's that's all weekend. We have some good games this weekend. I'm excited. I mean, it's coming out Monday, so it just happened, but yeah. even next weekend, hopefully there will be some more great games. Some bangers. Some bangers. Who is your I'm going to take lines out of it. Just don't even no. <laughs> don't even include the Lions. Fine. So your Super Bowl pick. Who do I want or who do I think? Yes.
1: Okay. I mean, who I think is the favorites. 49ers and Ravens both have looked kind of unstoppable going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're, sure, there will probably be an upset just, like, statistically, but it, that's looking real possible. What I would want, if not the Lions— um, I'd be okay with the 49ers or the Rams
0: being in the Super Bowl
1: on the AFC side I really like the Dolphins I don't think they're gonna do it but they, gotta, they
0: gotta get through a, a wintry Chiefs game and
1: it's gonna be real cold yeah no that game should be moved somewhere else and the NFL said nah nah and Tua did the thing that I laugh about with, with people not living in the Midwest he's like cold is a state of mind I'm not gonna wear gloves and like no it's not it's not it's, it's really you grew up so you were born and raised in Hawaii. You went to college in Alabama and you play football in Miami. You do not understand what you're talking about.
0: I, I heard that also from Tariq Hill that he was like, I'm not wearing sleeves because I don't want them to think I'm soft. And I'm like, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage in a game that means so much more than you looking soft. Yeah, but Just wear sleeves. It's okay. Listen, nobody has ever said that Tyreek Hill is the pinnacle of stability. <laughs> For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Go football. Be warm. Be warm. Cold is not a state of mind. No, just wear extra layers.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.